My name is Nicole Hendley, and I am the worship minister at Azel Christian Church. We are a Disciples of Christ church community here in Azel, Texas. We invite everyone to be who you are with us, the doubting, the believing, the wondering, and everything in between. On the first Monday of each month, you'll hear me and our senior minister, Reverend Ashley Dargai. Hey, Ashley. Hello, hello. Talk about the intersection of music and theology at Azel Christian Church. Today, we are talking about All Saints. Ashley, will you please tell us a little bit about what All Saints is? Sure. So All Saints Day grew out of the early church's practice of remembering the martyrs of the church. And over the centuries, it became a holy day that many Christians observe each year on November 1st. And services held on All Saints Day remember those who have died, particularly in the lives of the congregation. And because of the nature of this holy day, this is a note that these songs and their themes are emotional. So if you are experiencing acute grief right now, I encourage you to listen to this in a place where you can care for yourself. So Nicole, what are you looking for in a song when you are planning an All Saints service? Mm, Yes, when I'm looking for an All Saints song, I want it to be thoughtful and meaningful lyrically and engaging musically. All Saints is an intentionally somber, reflective service. The songs should protect that space. These songs should honor what is happening. We are remembering people we've lost and holding before us our own mortality. The atmosphere is one of reverence, and the songs we invite in need to support everyone in their journeying through the experience of grief. On this episode, we're going to talk about songs we've picked for All Saints services held in the past, and then we're going to surprise each other with a potential All Saints song at the end. Okay, Ashley, how about you get us kicked off with our first song? So the first song we brought from the quote-unquote secular world into an All Saints service was Beloved by Mumford and Sons. And the night that we did that, there were like 10 people in the sanctuary. We both had spent hours preparing for this service. And I felt the weight of those who were there that night. You know, it's people I knew well and the people that they came to remember. But before we get to the song, we should talk about the band. So Mumford & Sons is a British folk rock band from London. And the members are Marcus Mumford, Ben Lovett, Ted Duane, and a former member is Winston Marshall. He was the banjo player, but he left recently. So I've loved Mumford & Sons since their banjo days. Their lyrics are existential and poetic, and some of the songs even have a religious and distinctly Christian feel. And it's worth noting that Marcus Mumford is the son of John and Eleanor Mumford, who are the national leaders of the Vineyard Church in the UK and Ireland. So this is the evangelical Christian vineyard movement. But the band regularly rejects the Christian label, and they're definitely not getting played on K-Love because of their explicit language. And in a Rolling Stone interview, Marcus said that his generation doesn't really like being defined by one thing, and that it's not as simple as labeling himself or the band Christian. But he does see the Bible as inspiration for ideas and lyrics in his own music. So when I first listened to the Delta album from Mumford & Sons, I was immediately drawn to this song, Beloved. I thought it was a love song because the lyrics felt so intimate and tender. The lines, I've never seen you so unkempt before, as you whisper, darling, close the door, sound like a private moment between lovers. But then one day I listened to this podcast that I go to when I'm feeling stuck creatively. It's called Song Exploder. And it has 15-minute interviews with musicians about how they wrote a particular song. 
and it can be focused on whatever aspect the artist wants to highlight. Lyrics, instruments, collaboration, whatever. Um, it's a Netflix show now for those interested. So a new episode loaded, and it was Marcus Mumford telling the story of writing Beloved. And he tells the story of having just gotten a new instrument, the organ, and he opened the windows to play on it, feeling inspired by the newness of an instrument. And at that time, he was reflecting on the few weeks before when he spent time with his grandmother, who was dying. And so in this pocket of inspiration and reflection, he wrote the chorus. And as you leave, remember we are with you. And as you leave, see my children playing at your feet. And he said he didn't finish the song until his grandmother died. And Mumford said in another interview, um, I like the idea of small. I like the idea of relational. I mean, I think it's why we picked the tactile instruments when we first started, the things you could see and touch and feel. And this song, Beloved, encapsulates this idea, bringing these big things, you know, generational relationships, death, and making them small and present with lyrics like, see my children playing at your feet. So Nicole, you played this song for our All Saints service in 2019, and I don't think there was a dry eye in the place, even yours. And obviously it wasn't just the song. I mean, everyone was engaging with their own grief, but the specificity of this song I think is quite evocative and moving, and it draws out what might be tucked away inside us. At that time, I was lighting a candle for the many miscarriages I had had before my daughter, and it was really the first religious ritual I had done to honor that grief. But listening to this song today is different than that night. It's 2021. We're still thick in the COVID-19 pandemic. And in the past four months, I've lost both of my grandmothers. And I returned to this song when I lost my first grandmother, my Nana. She had had dementia for a while, and I hadn't seen her in person since before the pandemic. And during that time, she had been moved to a nursing home because of her needs. And a week before she was to receive the vaccine, she got COVID. She recovered from the virus, but it had done its damage and accelerated her dementia and health problems. And I FaceTimed her for a few times before her death. And then I got the call one afternoon from my dad, the day that I got my second dose of the vaccine, actually. And he told me that it was time. The hospice nurse had said it would be a matter of hours before my Nana would pass. And if I wanted to say goodbye, I needed to go. So I grabbed my prayer book. I packed my three-year-old up with snacks, called my husband, and raced to the nursing home. And my grandpa and uncle were there. And at that time, my grandma was unconscious. And she was so thin, and her hair was down to her shoulders. And I remember thinking that she looked so young. And I talked with my grandpa a little bit and held my grandma's hand and And then I prayed over her. And as I was beginning my prayer, I reached out my hand to her arm, and my daughter did too. She's three, and she probably won't have memories of my grandma, but I think she sensed it was a time of tenderness. And because she's three, halfway through the prayer, she started rolling around on the empty bed in the room and giggling, and it was kind of perfect. The grown-ups were weeping, and my daughter was playing. There's this prayer from the Book of Common Prayer that I prayed that night, and the end of it goes, Bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. And I felt like that prayer was being answered as I was praying it. Bless the dying, soothe the suffering, shield the joyous. 
And the next morning when I got the call that my Nana had died in the night, I remember this song. Before you leave, you must know you are beloved. Before you leave, remember we were with you. And as you leave, see my children playing at your feet. It's a song I've listened to over a hundred times, according to Spotify, but it is still as meaningful as ever. Ashley, we did another Mumford and Sons song for our All Saints service in the fall of 2020. The song is actually the title track off their first album called Sigh No More. As I was looking into the roots of this song, I found that Mumford and Sons took this line, Sigh No More, from William Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. The song includes several lines from the play, actually. In addition to Sigh No More, it says, Serve God, love me, and mend, and for man is a giddy thing, and one foot in sea and one on shore. Apparently, Californian-born Mumford would joke in interviews that studying Shakespeare had been quite a big thing for him and the keyboardist, Ben Lovett, when they had attended King's College School in Wimbledon. The actual lines from Shakespeare's play go like this, Sigh no more, ladies, sigh no more. Men were deceivers ever, one foot in sea and one on shore, to one thing constant, never. Now, this is not the time or place for an in-depth summary of Much Ado About Nothing, but the play centers on two of Shakespeare's most beloved characters, Beatrice and Benedict, who engaged in witty and insulting conversation whenever they would meet. At one point, Benedict exclaims that marriage is like thrusting my neck into a yoke, wear the print of it and sigh away Sundays. As these things go, the two obviously end up falling madly in love and declare their intent to marry each other at the end of the play's conclusion. When Benedict's friends tease him for entering into marriage after he had spent his whole life bashing it, Benedict protests that man is a giddy thing, or rather, man is changeable. When I first heard this song, it didn't strike me as an All Saints pick. I didn't really even know how to place it in my brain. First of all, it's hard to sing. The melody is unpredictable in a way that makes me uneasy. The song sat in my bones as this tension when I was learning it. I'm a church musician by trade. I'm used to like the predictability of a good old hymn chord progression that leaves me with a sense of resolve. But this is exactly where this song gets interesting for me. This unease is as important as any other piece of the song. As I practiced the line, man is a giddy thing, settled into my bones. Man is a giddy thing. Man, marked by inconsistency, riddled with mortality, haunted by finitude. For this particular All Saints service last year, we met outside. We were in pre-vaccine COVID days, trying our hardest to provide meaningful spiritual experiences while also keeping each other safe. We wore masks. We hung twinkle lights, set up tables, and put the keyboard on the sidewalk. The memory that is burned into my brain from that night is passing the microphone between the two of us, Ashley. I remember wiping down the mic with a Clorox wipe every time we passed it back and forth. It was such a physical reminder of our fragility that we, on this All Saints night, are acknowledging the idea that will come to an end. And with our very hands, we are disinfecting this shared mic and displaying respect for a deadly virus and our breakable bodies. 
It was sobering, to say the least. It was heavy. Man is a giddy thing. Is that the entire point of the song? (laughs) I mean, like, it could be. But what then? Please, like, don't leave us here holding our despair. And then here, the song takes this surprising turn. The melody climbs beautifully, and the lyrics sing, Love, it will not betray you, dismay or enslave you. It will set you free. There is a design, an alignment, a cry of my heart to see the beauty of love as it was made to be. Man is a giddy thing. We are inconsistent, feeble, swayed people. We will die. This is, (laughs) this is, but while we are here, how do we hold this? What do we do with this? Here is love. Here is love. A love that will not betray, dismay, or enslave you, but set you free. Perhaps on the other side of coming to terms with our end, with the end of those that we love, is freedom. Maybe when we can finally acknowledge our limited existence, then we can really see the beauty of love as it was made to be. So that's really interesting, especially how we have these two polar opposites of like, man is a giddy thing, and then love will not betray you or enslave you or dismay you. Because Much Ado About Nothing is a Shakespearean comedy. And Mm -hmm. comedies always end in marriage. That's like their trademark. The whole story gets wrapped up. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's interesting that no matter what's going on in the comedy, like Twelfth Night is a comedy too, but it's absurd how quickly things get wrapped up and Mm -hmm. how nicely things get wrapped up. And so it kind of feels like it's playing into this idea of a song, like no matter how absurd life is or how, you know, we're experiencing it, there's this sense that we know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, listeners, did you know Ashley was an English teacher in a past life? (laughs) Please come talk to me about Shakespeare. I miss it. Ashley's eyes lit up like a Christmas tree when I said Shakespeare. (laughs) That is such a great note okay ashley now it is time for your surprise all saints song so let's give it a listen and we will come right back okay wow i'm still a little bit reeling from that that was so good so the song is called above the clouds of pompeii Mm -hmm. by bears den so do you know them, Nicole? No, I, I don't know anything else they sing. Okay, I kind of feel like a bad feminist because we are finally moving on from Mumford & Sons only to explore another all-male white British folk <laughs> rock band from London. Hey, it's a vibe. It's okay. <laughs> they get angst really well, I think. I think they do. Um, okay, so Bear's Den consists of Andrew Davey, Kevin Jones, and occasionally Christoph Vanderven. Um, and they have close ties to Mumford and Sons because their debut album was with Communion Records, which was formed by Ben Lovett from Mumford and Sons. So mm-hmm. it's all in the family. And unlike Mumford and Sons, the music of Bear's Den is acoustic and muted and only occasionally crescendos in for big moments. So there's no big banjo moments or anything. And their song lyrics are also a bit different. Andrew Davies has said that he doesn't like to write the traditional boy boy meets girl themes in his songs, but rather wants to explore other interesting relational dynamics Mm. like family and friends. And um, this song in particular is a song talking to his father. So did you get that in the lyrics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Davies wrote this song reflecting back on a trip he took to Pompeii with his dad when he was really young. So you know the story of Pompeii. 
the volcano, the frozen in time people, etc. And he doesn't really like to get into the details of this song and kind of what it means to him because he's conscious of the many fans who have a deep connection to it, like myself. And he says he's really careful talking about the song because he doesn't want to ruin it for the audience, which I appreciate, but also I'd love to know like what this means to him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Something I appreciated with this song about a son talking to a father is that it's like the two switch roles. So in this, even though the son is just a boy in the song, he's the mature one. He's the one noticing the shifting relational dynamics, the one comforting the father, even though they're both grieving over his mom who has passed at some point. And the whole song is a conversation not being had. It's the subtext of the relationship. All the things the son wish he could say to his father, but somehow can't. And his father being unable to talk about it either. There's someone else in the room with this person who has passed with the mother and she's taking up a lot of space. And I think it's interesting, even though it's an All Saints song and this is a service where like a lot of people might tear up or cry, this chorus says, don't cry, hold your head up high. It's what this son is saying to his father, but I don't think it's a moratorium on crying. Yeah. I feel like the boy is saying, you know, we can be strong if we do this together, you know, like if you can let me into your grief, we can help each other. So I listened to the song a lot back in 2015 when I was teaching high school English. And I can't remember how I first came across it, but I was beginning what would be a long journey of fertility issues and encountering this intense grief that I hadn't really encountered before. And I had this short playlist of songs that I would listen to when I needed to be in my feels, which is probably mm-hmm. no surprise to you. <laughs> And I don't want to trivialize it by saying something like in my feels because taking time to honor our grief by crying is an incredibly important and healthy part of grieving. But like in my feels or feel my feelings or whatever is like a shorthand for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's normal to have a shorthand for grief or, (laughs) but it was on this playlist. And um, even though the song describes a different experience of loss than what I was going through, I really connected with some of the lines. Like one of the verses says, you took me walking through the town, showed me the statues underground, said, just don't they look at peace. Sometimes I wish that were me. And this is when the son and father are walking through Pompeii. And a a few months after I found this song, I went on a trip with my high school students to Italy and Greece. And 24 hours before we left for the trip, I had gone in for a sonogram of my second pregnancy and found out that there was no heartbeat. And it was devastating. And I made the difficult decision to still go on the trip, and I listened to this song constantly. And I remember thinking how much I related, not to the people around me, not the students that I knew really well, but to the ruins around us in Italy and in Greece. We visited a ton of ruins of temples and courts and catacombs and stadiums. And I thought about the history and the stories that all of these stones held how what used to be looming and large and beautiful was now reduced to rubble and our best guesses at what happened in that place. And it felt like a metaphor for my life at that time. And I like this song for an All Saints service because it's a conversation between those left behind. You know, with Beloved, it's a love letter to someone who has already died. But with Above the Clouds of Pompeii, it's a son talking to his father about the experience of his mom dying. And he's trying to like communicate his own grief and knowing that his father is struggling too. 
And ultimately this conversation between the living is what All Saints Day is. You know, we're coming together to remember the communion of saints, but we can really only talk to ourselves who are left. You know, I lost my dad's parents when I was 10. My dad's dad died when I was 15. My dad's mom died. And both were tragedies. They were very sudden and truly traumatic. And uh, I remember just feeling so, hmm, what's the word, just limited as a child Mm -hmm. in my grief. I just felt like I don't know how to do this. Like I don't know how to be around grownups who are drowning in sorrow. And listening to that song, it was just such an interesting thing to to consider this is coming from the perspective of the child in the situation and just it's mm-hmm. such a powerless place it just feels like you're just kind of left to drift at sea you know what with such limited emotional tools in your tool belt and then handed you know in some cases like mine just to like trauma and and you're two of your favorite people two two of my most beloved people just all of a sudden gone and I remembered um, having these weird moments like when I was a later teen, even early 20s, I would just flash back to like the wallpaper at my grandparents' house. Mm. Like they had this like textured wallpaper and I remember like running my hands over it and I just had these moments where I was like, I felt physically back in that spot as a 12-year-old just like running my fingers along their textured wallpaper and that's how grief would show up for me and I would just think like, how do I verbalize this kind of pain while the people that I lean on, my parents, you know, are also experiencing their own pain. And grief is just such an interesting thing. And I think especially so as children. And th- there was a line in the song that said something like, I didn't understand the, what is it? I the didn't, flowers slipping from your hand. I didn't understand the flowers slipping. And I wondered if that was like flowers. I don't know what that means for this, for the writer, but it sounds mm-hmm. like one of those memories, like yeah. that's a s- flashback. It's like a meaningful moment that we don't have context for, but it's this like physical meaningful moment in this person's grief. And I think when we come into an All Saints service, I love giving people the opportunity to bring those pieces with them, Mm -hmm. like these really Mm -hmm. obscure, but very important pieces of their grief experience, like textured wallpaper or like the smell of poppy seed bread or like, you know, I'm like crying thinking about like these like pieces of people that I love that I just, I think about when I, when I remember them and, and it doesn't matter to anybody else. I mean, that's also what's weird is like no one else shares that with me. And that's why grief I think can be so lonely when it's like, this doesn't make sense to anybody but me. Um, And that's what All Saints is for is creating space for that very thing that just feels so impossible to, to hold, you know, just this very impossible thing. Um, what a good song. I feel like all saints is really something that's helped me be a Christian because just like grief being disorienting for a kid, it's disorienting for grownups. I mean, this kid is like watching his dad float away, you know? And, and I think something like all saints or Ash Wednesday or good Friday, Kate Bowler says that those are the days where no one can lie to you. And yeah, I know. (laughs) And it's like, 
you know, grief is, we just don't really have great tools as a culture, but something like All Saints, this is something the church can offer. It's like, here are rituals. Here's a candle Mm -hmm. to light. Here's liturgy. Here's a song. This is what we do with our grief, you know, and it gives us something to do with our hands. It gives us sensory experiences. It gives us a way to orient it to our faith. And our faith has to do with existential questions, you know, and whether it's about our own death or the death of a beloved and and so I I like the song because I feel like it's a it helps us like locate that disorientation mm, appropriately yeah. Yeah. and orient it within you know the meaning making things that we do with our faith. Gosh, that's so true. The disorientation—that's mm-hmm. the word. That's the word. And I think it's so lovely to come together and remember the people that we are in budget meetings with at church, the people that we're, you know, planning things with and organizing things with are carrying so much, you know, it's just such a, such a reminder to see everyone's faces at the service where we can't lie to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just so important. And where else can we do this very thing? Yeah. You know, it's, it's a different conversation, but as millennials working in church, we're just we're wondering all the time like what what is church to the world today what is church and look no further than an all saints service Mm -hmm. you know I just think wow if ever there was an argument for church you can't find this you I mean that's again bigger conversation a different direction but where else you know can we do this with each other yeah I remember thinking in that first all saints service working through I'd written all of the liturgy like every prayer, you know, every part of that sermon. And it was my first All Saints service, like period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I was leading it. And I remember getting to a point in my sermon where I was like, am I actually going to say this? Like, am I going to say this very devastating thing? Am I going to say the D word death? You know, <laughs> like, yeah. and I'm like, if I can't say it here, I yeah. can't say it. You know, if I can't make sense of it here in this moment, then it's, what I'm doing here on all the other days doesn't count because mm, yeah. it has to make sense, you know, when we are at our rawest and most vulnerable. And, and I think too, the all saints service, like in kind of leading up to it, we talked to some of our congregants and some of our friends about the people they're going to be lighting a candle for, you know? And so yeah. it's like, it's a way for them to talk about it. It's a way for us to talk about it. And it's a way for us to like know each other better because we're knowing all the people who have made up their lives, the communion of saints, the cloud of witnesses, which is what we're honoring. So, uh, okay. Okay. I think it's time for my surprise song. So let's give it a listen and we'll be right back. All right. Okay. So, Ashley, um, this is a song called Keep Me in Your Heart. I played you two versions. I played you uh, Warren Zevon's version. Warren wrote the song. And then I played you my favorite cover of the song by the Waylon Jennings. Um, Listener, both versions will be on the playlist that we include in our show notes. So you can listen to all these songs. Um, Okay. Warren Zevon was an American rock singer, songwriter, and musician. He wrote major hits that were recorded by other artists, including Poor Poor Pitiful Me, Hasten Down the Wind, and others. He had somewhat of a cult following that lasted like 25 years, even mm-hmm. though he never really found like great success as a solo artist. He did, however, 
make music with the best of the best, like Linda Ronstadt, Bonnie Raitt, Jackson Brown, just to name a few. He even roomed with Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham in the 70s. Like, this guy was very cool. Um, <laughs> I set the stage to say this. Warren was well-known and so very liked in the music industry, which I feel like is hard to do, you know? Mm-hmm. He was quick-witted and authentic, like truly a magnetic presence. In the summer of 2002, Zivon was diagnosed with terminal cancer. He was given only a few months to live. And at the time, he was trying to finish an album titled The Wind. He made a pact with himself to get this album finished before he died. The album includes performances by close friends, including Bruce Springsteen, Don Henley, Jackson Brown, David Lindley, Billy Bob Thornton, which is a funny funny (laughs) They were like best friends. They lived in the same apartment complex. I know. Very interesting. (laughs) Emmylou Harris, Tom Petty, Dwight Yoakam, Mm. and more. I mean, the list like went on and on. That's just a few. Um, But they all came together to help him do this. In Zivon's words, he wrote this record for people I want to say goodbye to. It also is about fun, the fun I want to have. Mm. When you get into songwriting, everything else falls away. That's the miracle, is what he said. Zivon died at the age of 56, just two weeks after this album, The Wind, was released. Keep Me in Your Heart was the only song on this album that he wrote after learning about his diagnosis. Mm. Like all the other songs were written and were just being recorded. This is the one he wrote after he knew he was sick. It was recorded in the final stages of the album's production. Oftentimes, Warren barely had the energy to stand up, let alone sing, because he had lung cancer. Um, So it's just incredible to me that he even got this recorded. He was exhausted and weak, but he was determined. This song is his goodbye. I read somewhere that it was his attempt to preside over his own funeral. (laughs) Yeah. Relatable. (laughs) I know. Good goals. Yeah. When I think about songs I've heard that pertain to grief, the messenger is usually the person left behind. Mm. It's the person talking to or about someone who's died. It's that that's the conversation. It's usually, you know, one-sided like that. This song is so special because these are parting words. Mm. These are words expressing a promise to stay near and a pleading to be remembered. Some of my favorite lyrics are right at the top. It says, Shadows are falling and I'm running out of breath. Keep me in your heart for a while. If I leave you, it doesn't mean I love you any less. Keep me in your heart for a while. With the first verse, he's offering the reassurance of love. I'm leaving, but I love you. Keep me in your heart. Another verse says, Sometimes when you're doing simple things around the house, maybe you'll think of me and smile. You know I'm tied to you like the buttons on your blouse. Keep me in your heart for a while. So like I mentioned before, um, all of my grandparents have passed away. And the moments when grief visits me aren't when I expect it. I'm visited by their memory when I'm doing like simple mundane things. I remember my dad's mom, my mama, when I'm baking or when I'm playing the piano. She visits me. Her memory visits me. Mm-hmm. Um Things that she, those are things she loved doing and that we love doing together. I think about my mom's dad, my grandpa, when someone mentions baseball, I just, I, he comes to mind immediately and, and I hear his like Wisconsin voice say, well, for goodness sake, like I can hear <laughs> this, like the, the very words out of his mouth. Um, and that line tied to you, like the buttons on your blouse. Mm. Oh, I just, like that's the whole song. 
<laughs> to me, that's like the entire song wrapped up in the line tied to you like the buttons on your blouse. These memories, these people are tied to me and they surprise me. Like their love sneaks up on me in the most familiar, ordinary places. Um, so I wanted to ask you, Ashley, do you have any moments like that? Like any moments in your day that make you think of people that you love that you've lost? Hmm. Yeah, so uh, one of my grandmas that passed away, she uh, collected birdhouses. Mm -hmm. And so um, when we were younger, we would try and count how many birdhouses she had. And Mm -hmm. um, there were a lot. And so we've all gotten them, you know, when they downsized and then when she died. And um, so there's multiple birdhouses. And so now there's one in like every room of my house. There's Mm -hmm. one in my office. And I just, I really like it because you know, there's that Emily Dickinson poem, Hope is a Thing with Feathers, and um, talks about how hope is like light on its feet and um, ready to go wherever the wind blows when the Holy Spirit is likened to the wind. And so there's just this like airiness and um, like ever-present quality, I think, Mm -hmm. of this love, you know, that it can just blow by you when you're not even thinking about it. Yeah. Um, the bridge of the song says, hold me in your thoughts, take me to your dreams, touch me as I fall into view. When the winter comes, keep the fires lit and I will be right next to you. To me, All Saints is an opportunity um, to acknowledge that the people we love are never far from us. We keep them in our hearts. We keep the fires lit. I mean, that's the image I get is us lighting candles at mm-hmm. All Saints. We keep the fires lit and they're right next to us. Um, you know, and in my mind, like keeping the fires lit, it's like keeping a birdhouse in your living room. Mm -hmm. It's just putting things in your day to day where you're making a physical, you know, your intention is around keeping them in your life and reminding yourself that you're keeping them in your heart and how meaningful that is. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked that line. I'm tied to you like the buttons on a blouse. Keep me in your heart for a while. I was thinking like, you know, this idea that we're clothed in love and, you know, trying to make the connection with the buttons, you know, that it's like our love for one another and these relationships. And that's Mm -hmm. what's like keeps us warm. And that's what Mm -hmm. keeps us clothed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's this children's book called the invisible string. And, um, a lot of people read it for Pentecost and I think it's a good Pentecost song, but I actually think it's a really good all saints song because these twins, um, are, they wake up to a storm at the beginning of the book and they're scared. And so they go and talk to their mom and she's like, don't worry, we're always connected through this invisible string of love. And so then they're like testing the limits of this love. Like, well, does this string reach across the ocean? Does it reach to outer space? And then there's this quiet moment where the little boy says, um, does it reach to Uncle Brian all the way to heaven? Mm. And she says, yes, it does. And um, the whole idea is that like whenever we remember one another, whenever we feel like the warmth of love, the other person at the end of the string is feeling it too. And then at the end, the reason that it's a good Pentecost book, but also Cloud of Witnesses type of book is that you, once you start like connecting all these strings, you realize that we're all connected by this invisible string of love. And so like, we're all tied up in each other. And this, I mean, this, we talk about this all the time that like, we are not islands. We're not only individuals, like we're all connected. And I think that that our connections really come to the surface in times like this, when we're seeing how they've been fragmented or 
severed temporarily. So again, I just think it points us back to the purpose of church in the world and Mm -hmm. embodying that, like living that physically. You know, I just think so often my brain, my, my feeble human brain will convince me I'm fine alone. I'm Mm -hmm. fine on my own. I'm fine. Just like nose to the grindstone doing my thing. Just this like classic rugged, independent kind of idea. And it's just a dead end. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just, especially when grief happens, like how desperately we need each other. And Ashley, you say this all the time and I'm, I would like for you to say it. Your, your, um, what you talk about in terms of like the purpose church serves, we believe for each other. Mm. Um, I would like just to wrap up this, this bit by you talking about like, because I think it's, I think it's so important when we talk about grief to say like, we have to be in community because there are people who can carry us through. And so if you could put some words around that. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I think about the purpose of church, you know, we think about how we can serve in church. You know, there's also an approach to coming to a church service. Like, you know, how can I be encouraged or get something from this or be challenged? But I think the most important thing of gathering of like the physical act of gathering or, you know, online in a pandemic Um, is that we show up because we're all trying to believe together, you know? And like, there are days that I cannot believe and I cannot for the life of me say a prayer, Mm -hmm. but I need to be around people who can pray, Yeah, yeah. you know? And like, and knowing that I am the prayer some days, you know, that sometimes me singing, you know, loudly the hymn is what the person next to me needs, that they just need to be around belief because hope, belief, all of those things are socially mediated. You know, we only get those from each other. And I think that, you know, these, this idea of like gathering together regularly is part of keeping that promise and helping like keep each other buoyed. Yes. Yeah. And there, goodness, I think about so many people in this particular church, Hazel Christian Church, who lost people decades ago that they still hold dear and keep in their heart. And I'm, you know, in my early thirties, there, there is a tragedy that, that will, that is waiting for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there will be tragic moments in my life that I'm yet to experience. And I need someone beside me to say, I've kept this person in my heart for 30 years. Mm. I've kept this person in my heart for 50 years. I've kept, you know, and, and to just, and to see that they're still breathing, you know, and to see that they still, um, are showing up and, where else can we find that exact thing? And I'm just so, so grateful. Um, and I can't wait for our all saint service Mm -hmm. on November 1st. I'm, I'm really excited. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. And so like we do for music Monday, Ashley, will you close us in a blessing? Yes, of course. I invite you to be in a posture of stillness. So for me, that means to put both feet on the ground and put my hands on my legs, palms up. Receive this benediction. May you know that you are beloved, that this great love that surrounds us all will not betray you, dismay you, or enslave you, but rather set you free. As we turn our hearts toward the communion of saints in the coming weeks, may we remember our own beloveds who have gone before us and hold our head up high for they would want us to. May they always be kept in our hearts and in the heart of God. Amen.
Go in peace.